reading of the word here tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we begin, Lord God, our Bible study for tonight, I want to say thank you, Lord, for the worship and the praise, Lord God, that we've had already, Lord God. There's something so beautiful and soothing and, and pleasant about coming into the house of the Lord and just worshiping you, Lord, and praising you in the midst of whatever we may be going through or struggling through or, or uh, suffering through, Lord. We Lord God, humble ourselves before you and we exalt you anyway. We praise you anyway. We love you anyway. We serve you anyway. We come to church anyway, Lord, regardless of what is going on in our lives. And so now, Father, we ask you to bless this part of the service where we just, Lord, open up the Bible. And Lord, we pray that you would minister to us from your word here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, amen. Very good. Okay, I'm going to read Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 from the NIV first, and then I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. I like the way it flows in the New King James Version more than the NIV, so I'll be referencing the New King James, but just for our text for tonight, I'll be reading, starting off with both. In the NIV, it says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again, by a yoke of slavery. New King James reads like this. It says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Now, we began looking at this a couple of weeks ago, and we focused on the first part of Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, which mentions two very important words or concepts. The first word is free or freedom. We focused on the word freedom. And the second word is liberty. Those are two very important words, not only for us as citizens of the United States of America, but also as Christians, keep the people of God. How many of you are glad that Christ has set you free? Can you say amen, church? I mean, just think about who we were and what we were and how we were living our lives before Christ. And then after he came into our lives, man, we need to celebrate and rejoice in that freedom and in that liberty that he gives us. In the New King James, it mentions that because of Christ, we have been set free, free from the requirements of the law or having to fulfill the law. Free from the bondages and slavery and captivity and the power of sin in our lives. Free from darkness, free from ignorance, free from bondage, captivity, and the consequences of sin in our lives. We talked about liberty. We have been liberated from the powers of the enemy. Liberated from the power of hell. Liberated from the power of the grave. Liberated from the power of sin. Liberated from blindness and deafness. We were dead and now we are alive. We are liberated from destruction and eternal damnation. Before Christ, we were slaves and without hope and promised like Hagar, which we mentioned before. But when we received Christ, we became children of God. And like Isaac, we became children of 
promise. Like Sarah, we, we, we represent freedom in Christ, freedom from slavery. We are children or descendants of Abraham. And we also learned a couple of weeks ago that this freedom and liberty that we have as Christians that, that we enjoy today is because of Jesus Christ. Can you just say his name, Jesus? Can you just say his name, Jesus? Let's say it one more time, Jesus. He has set us free, church. As Christians, we celebrate Jesus Christ. We honor Jesus Christ. We praise and give glory to Jesus Christ because we owe our salvation and freedom and liberty to him. He paid the ultimate sacrifice for our sins on the cross. He died on the cross. He gave his body and blood on the cross. He gave his life so that we might be free, so that we would be liberty. Jesus literally saved our lives. Now listen, when someone saves your life for the rest of your life, if you want to do what's right, you're going to be loyal to that person. Why? Because you owe your life to that person. How many of you would agree that Jesus deserves our loyalty no matter how tough things get? He saved our lives and now our lives belong to him. We need to be loyal to him, church. And we read some scriptures that refer to our freedom and liberty as Christians. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, New King James, it says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, this is Jesus speaking about himself, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. John chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Romans 8, verse 1 and 2. This is in the NIV, New International Version. It says this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How many of you are glad for that verse right there? No condemnation. No longer condemned to death, hell, the grave, eternal fire. You've been set free. You're out of death row. He set us free. He took us out of death row. Let me read that again. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. But there's a second part of Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. And let me read it again in the New King James Version. It says this, Galatians 5, 1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. The second half of verse 1 is also very important. It says, And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Now, I think we all know what the word entangled means. It means twisted together or, or caught in. Girls, those, are, those girls that have long hair, you constantly have to brush your hair because it gets tangled and you have to comb or brush those tangles out of your hair. But can you imagine getting your hair entangled with something else? And getting it all tangled up with something else. Okay, that's called entanglement. But what is the meaning of the word yoke? Yoke. Now, in weight training, we use 
the word yoked to signify someone who is very muscular and defined in his or her, mainly his physique. Someone that's very strong. I'm looking forward to the day when someone will look at me and say, wow, Pastor Jerry, he's yoked up. But that hasn't happened yet. But when someone is really buffed and strong and cut and working out and strong, they say, or we say in the streets that they are yoked up. Or there's a yoke of an egg. Or there's a yoke on a dress. Okay? But the word yoke here in the Bible refers to a customized piece of wood that is used as a collar on the necks of two animals that are yoked together or that are put together. Most of us here have never been in a farm or worked with animals, but uh, many people in many countries still use animals to do their um, planting and their uh, planting of food and all the things and to work the fields. They still use animals and they yoke them together with a piece of wood that ties the two of them together. And then, of course, there's a driver that leads them in a certain direction. So let me give you the de- definition here. A wooden cross piece that is fastened over the necks of two animals and attached to the plow or cart that they are to pull. That yoke binds or forces or cuffs two animals together and they are both controlled by a person or driver which forces them to move together at his or her command. So when we read the second half of Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, it says, And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Okay? In other words, Christ set us free. And now he's saying, don't go back to that which held you captive before. And another word that's important in that verse of scripture, it says, And do not be entangled again. That word again is very important. Don't be entangled again. Don't repeat the same mistakes again. Don't go back to what you used to be. Don't be entangled again to the way you used to be entangled. The Bible is telling us and reminding us that before we came to Christ, we were slaves. We were in bondage. We were yoked together or entangled and partners with the lost. And we were being controlled by the powers of hell, being controlled and dominated by the sinful nature. We were children of wrath. We were yoked together with other unbelievers and the enemy had us by the neck and he was making us do and making us go and making us play his little games and it was destroying us. But when Christ came into our lives, how many of you remember when Christ came into your life? Okay. And he broke that yoke. He broke it. He took that power away and he set us free. Christ set us free or released us or liberated us from that yoke of bondage. Colossians chapter 3 verses 5 through 17 says this. I'm going to read out of the NIV. It says this. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Verse 7. You used to walk in these ways 
in the life you once lived. Let me read that again. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. If you say that you are a Christian and you're still doing these things that I just mentioned, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Because the Bible says you used to walk, you used to do these things in the life that you once lived. Verse 8. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, are you God's chosen people in church here tonight? Those of you listening online, are you part of God's chosen people? It says here, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. In other words, we got to put up with each other. We're going to drive each other nuts once in a while, but we got to put up with each other, the Bible says. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Would you agree with me that we have a lot to be thankful for to our God? Can you say amen, church? I know we all got problems. We all got stress. We all got issues. We all get tempted. We all struggle with our emotions and our desires and our passions and, and all the things that we wrestle with as human beings. But overall, we have a lot to be thankful for, church. First Peter chapter 4. Verses 2 through 4, the Good News Translation says this. From now on then, you must live the rest of your earthly lives controlled by God's will and not by human desires. You have spent enough time in the past doing what the heathen like to do. Your lives were spent in indecency, lust, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and the disgusting worship of idols. And now the heathen are surprised when you do not join them in the same wild and reckless living, and so they insult you. Listen, if you say that you're a Christian and you're still partying, you're still getting loaded, you're still having sex out of marriage, you're still out there getting all crazy, something's wrong. You're being deceived. Because the Bible says if we belong to God, we're not supposed to be doing that anymore. That's in our past. And God says, we don't want you going back to that anymore. Your life now belongs to the Lord. You are yoked with Christ. No longer yoked together with the devil. You're yoked with Christ. Together with Christ. Serving the Lord. We owe him our loyalty, church. 
So what is the Apostle Paul telling us here? Don't go back to that life that Jesus set you free from. Don't let yourself get entangled again. God untangled you. Why do you want to go back and get yourself all tangled up with sin all over again? It was killing you. It was destroying you. Both, all of us, when we were in sin, it was taking us right to hell. And God's saying, get out of that. To the Jews, the Apostle Paul is saying, don't let yourself go back to the Old Testament traditions of the requirements of the law that obligated you to fulfill the law through your own works and through your own efforts. If you go back again, you are returning to bondage. It's impossible. You cannot do it. You need Jesus. He's the only one that was able to do it. He's the only one that did do it. And he's the only way for us to be held righteous because we're, we need to cling to him. Can you say amen, church? Now, for the Gentile, do not allow yourself to be burdened with a yoke or having to carry a heavy load. Jesus has set us free, and we no longer have to deal with the horrible burden of sin. For the Gentile, we have been set free. We have the right, in the name of Jesus, to get in the devil's face and say no to his offers of sin and compromise. We can choose to stand fast. We can choose to not put ourselves in a position where we will once again be entangled or become trapped or become controlled or become bound up so that we can, so that, uh, or yoked with the devil because when, when you're yoked with the devil, he's going to push you here. He's going to push you there. He's going to drive you forward. He's going to drive you backward. You're, you're, you're locked into him. You're entangled with him and he's going to push you around and we got to get set free from all that church. We have the right in the name of Jesus to stand fast against the devil and to stand fast in our freedom and our liberty that have been given to us through Jesus Christ. We can stand fast, stand in the face of opportunities to sin and declare in the name of Jesus, I have been set free from you. In the name of Jesus, I have the right to deny you. In the name of Jesus, I have the right to be, uh, to be my own person now. Before Christ, I was in bondage to you. Before Christ, I was entangled to you. Before Christ, I was controlled by you. Before Christ, I was under condemnation because of you. But now, we are free. We are liberated. And the Apostle Paul is saying, the Holy Spirit is saying, don't let yourself go back to that mess. Now, let me read it again. Galatians 5.1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The first two words of Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast. The NIV says, Stand firm. God tells us that we need to stand fast or stand firm in the liberty and freedom that is ours in and through Christ. It's going to require effort. It's going to require work. It's going to re require a struggle and a fight for us to be able to stand fast against these things. Don't let go of your freedom. Don't let go of your liberty. Don't go back again to what Christ set us free from or set you free from. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 14. Listen to how many times it tells us to stand here. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. You and I, we have to take that stand. 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. James chapter 4 Verse 7, New International Version says this, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We've got to take our stand. We've got to go to God. We've got to cry out to God. We've got to resist the powers and the entanglements that, that the enemy is offering us, and we've got to ask God to give us the strength to stay faithful and loyal to him. And it warns us against entanglements. Listen to what it says here. In Psalm chapter 18, verses 4 through 6, it says this. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. Aren't you glad that he's merciful to us, church? That even when we're all entangled because of our own bad decisions or our own mistakes or our own struggles or our own issues, he says here, I cried out to my God for help. From his temple he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. Psalm 116 verses 1 through 5 says this, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 through 7 says this, Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Second Peter 2.20 says this, They promise them freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. Let me say that again. For people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. If they have escaped the corruption corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and are overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit, and a sow 
that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. The Bible is warning us against getting ourselves entangled. Don't get entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Don't return to the vomit. Don't return to the filth. Instead, get hooked on Jesus. Get addicted to Jesus. Get yoked together with Jesus. Let Jesus partner with you. When you get up in the morning, get addicted. Get your daily fix to Jesus. Those of you that used to be heroin addicts or meth addicts or cocaine addicts used or alcoholics used to wake up and the first thing on your mind after being awake for five or six days the first thing on your mind was getting your next fix well you and i as christians we gotta get addicted to jesus so that the first thing we want when we get up in the morning is our fix with jesus that's what we gotta work towards church And now we are yoked together with Christ. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30 says this. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We need to be yoked together with Christ. And it's warning us against, uh, it's also, the Bible also warns us against being yoked together with unbelievers. You single ladies, you single guys, the Bible is saying, do you are not allowed as a Christian man or as a Christian woman to hook up or to become boyfriend or girlfriend with a person that is not a believer. It is forbidden by God for you to do that. It doesn't matter how beautiful she is. It doesn't matter how yoked the guy is or how handsome the guy is or how rich the guy is or how cute the guy is. If he is not a believer, God says he's forbidden. If she is not a believer, God says she is forbidden. Business partnerships. You who are Christians, the Bible warns us against partnering with unbelievers listen that unbeliever is yoked to the devil and you are yoked to christ the way the believer unbeliever wants to go he's going to be pulled by the enemy and the way the believer wants to go we're going to be pulled by the holy spirit and by the word of god and by the power of god does everyone understand what i'm saying you're going to be yoked together with someone that's pulling in an opposite direction from you so god is warning us do not yoke yourself up with an unbeliever if you are a believer. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. Now, this is the main thing that I'm trying to say here in this section of scripture. This is the reality of our lives. Every single one of us here 
All of us who are Christians, all of you who are listening, anyone who is a believer in Jesus, we're all going to get tempted every single day of our lives. And all of us at some time, sadly, we give in to our temptations and that sin. But God is warning us and he's instructing us not to let ourselves become entangled in it. What should we do when we sin? We need to repent right away. We need to turn away from that sin right away. We need to ask God to forgive us of that sin right away. Because what happens is if we keep sinning, eventually we're going to get entangled in that sin, in that behavior, in that thing that's trying to destroy us. And listen to what, let me read Second Peter chapter 2, verse 20 again. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 20, it says this. If they have escaped the corruption of the world, by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it. And then it says this, and are overcome. See, what happens is, if we don't repent, if we don't turn away from that sin right away, and we allow ourselves as Christian men and women to become entangled in that sin or in bondage to that sin, then eventually it will overcome us. God says, get out of there. Get out of that situation. Repent. Let God set you free from that so that you do not get overcome. Because then the Bible says this, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. If we have been dabbling in sin, if we have been compromising with sin, if we have been experimenting or entertaining with sin, and sadly, unfortunately, all of us from time to time are guilty of doing these things. It is time to let it go before it becomes a stronghold on you, before it entangles you, and finally, sadly, before it overcomes you. Now, I don't know about you, but I sure am glad for God's warnings. He warns us. He gives us a heads up. He convicts us. He lets us know, Pastor Jerry, you are allowing yourself to go a little crazy here. You're allowing yourself to go get out of control here. You're messing with stuff. You're looking at stuff. You're listening to stuff. You're participating in stuff. You're desiring stuff that you're not supposed to. You better get yourself out of that mess by repenting and getting yourself right before you're so tangled up that you're going to start being overcome like a drowning man in the ocean. Let's go to God and ask Him for the strength and the discipline and the anointing that we need to stand fast, to stand firm against the enemy's strategic tactics against us. Jesus gave his life for our freedom and liberty. Let's not throw that freedom away. Let's not throw that liberty away. Let's not end up in bondage again. Let's stay free and liberated through Christ. How many of you can agree with me and say amen? Amen. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us, Lord, to heed these warnings that you give us in the scriptures, Lord, where you said here plainly, Lord God, In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Father, I just pray for any one of my brothers and sisters 
here right now that as a Christian man or a Christian woman, and even for myself, if we, Lord God, are allowing ourselves to become entangled, deceived into thinking that there are no consequences to sin, that there are no consequences to disobedience and rebellion and carnality, help us, Lord God, right now to get a hold of ourselves and to repent, to repent of that, Lord, before it overcomes us. Lord Jesus, it's a sad thing. And I've seen it happen with my own eyes, Lord, when a person who is a Christian, a strong believer, a strong follower of Christ, and it's so sad when they go back, back to that life that you set them free from, back to the meth, back to the cocaine, back to the clubs, back to the drugs, back to the alcohol, back to the world. It's such a sad thing, Lord. Help us, Lord. Have mercy on us. If you're here tonight and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. If I were to die tonight or if Jesus were to come, I'm not sure if I would go to heaven. If that's you here this evening, just lift up your hand. You are not a Christian. Those of you online, if you want to surrender your life to Jesus, just say this prayer with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. And Jesus, I ask you to set me free from this bondage, from this yoke, from this captivity of the devil in my life. And I give myself over to you, Lord. I want to be loyal to you, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Make me your child, Lord, through the blood of Jesus. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for our church I pray for all those that are listening right now, Lord. I pray that you will help us to be a good soldier, Lord God, and not allow ourselves to be entangled again with the things of this world. That we, would, Lord God, would be like that farmer, Lord God, that tills the ground, Lord Jesus. That we, Lord Jesus, would be like that, that, that athlete, Lord God, that disciplines his body in order, Lord God, to stay strong and fit and run the race to the very end. Help us, Lord God, to be faithful. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, amen. God bless you, church. Those of you that need any prayer, you feel free to come on up right now. We will pray with you and ask God to help you with whatever it is that you may need in your life, okay?